to another episode of the Civ Show podcast, where we suck so you don't have to. I'm your host, Moisa. Raising Zozo. And Nystagmus here. And I'm And we have a very special guest, and he just introduced himself. No, 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 no. It's it's not going to work. Vector Cat, you you didn't didn't pass the mark here. You had a cue. You failed. Just just turn off your Discord. Okay. I'm going to turn off his camera. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. I'm good. (laughs) Last time. Last time. All right, you get one warning. One warning. Okay? I keep trying to learn, You're man. Sh- I keep biffing He's it. He's so lenient. Every time. So lenient. Boomers, am I right? Anyway, we have a wonderful episode for you today because there's been some uh, some news. You know, a little bit of news that happened today on, uh, what day is it? November 12th. A little bit of news, you know. This, this guy, his name Hammurabi, like whatever. You know, he was, he was announced today and like kind of a he's kind of a big deal yeah he's you're measuring you're me- this big damn he's i once caught a hammurabi this big well i guess it go <laughs> he's pretty big like he's pretty big his beard i don't is know big too. i he's don't know dude i don't know from experience but uh it was aliens oh geez but before we get into babylon and hammurabi and all of those abilities because there's a lot of discussion to be had there we're going to be talking about the conclusion of the two-parter with 100 games in 100 days and vector cat who stood in for nystagmus uh the winner of that game yours truly but but there's a catch there's two winners yours truly and your other truly raising zozo whoa we shared a victory what i don't moy, know moy and zo work together no how is way. this the only way the only way that could happen is if there was a greater exterior threat that's the only way that could happen uh, moy was there a greater exterior threat in your uh, opinion greater exterior threat interesting question uh let's look at the chat here right now oh look at the 100 games 100 days how are you doing <laughs> sir uh what did you say i'm not talking to moy and zozo not enough time has passed hmm. Hmm. so i i ex- i i kind of expect that because folks okay so do you want to give the rundown? All, give the rundown. Uh, all honesty. Okay, so <laughs> last week, the week before last, uh, it's possible, remotely possible, that uh, 100 games, 100 days was leading as Eleanor, you know, uh, of the French. Uh, it's possible. It's possible that we decided to continue a game where this infidel was in the lead. And... <laughs> As much as that's possible, it's more likely that we continue the game and that when we continue the game, uh, well, Japan and the Maori just laid the smack down on France. Because <laughs> let's be honest, uh, if you're going to lay the smack down on anybody, it, sh- it should probably be uh, France under under Eleanor in Catherine's defense uh, under th- Eleanor. I thought um, you were going to say you're going to lay down a smackdown, lay down the guest. We, you know, it's just good manners. Well, right? well th- there was accusations, Moy, <laughs> and that's why I didn't say that. There were there were accusations from our viewers that we were apparently, I don't know, being mean or no. aggressive to the guests. In my eyes, I was the hero. 
this is here's the facts here's the facts folks okay in the way that thanos was the hero in the uh he did nothing wrong thanos did nothing wrong (laughs) but moy and you know you know that's true in one timeline but another timeline there's captain moy and uh, i don't know the zozo bunch i don't know we're we're the stand-in for the avengers and we we stood up against that possible future and we said no and we turned it around, okay? And it all it took, Moy, to my surprise, and maybe yours, all it took were like, I don't know, six artillery. That was good. That and like, it. I don't know, like <laughs> five battleships, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, there was the battleship. So basically, we bombarded them to, to submission <laughs> and, and one by one uh, raised, their, <laughs> raised France's cities to the grounds, you know? Sarge, my my favorite part about fighting you, I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't your cunning. It wasn't your tenacity. It wasn't your amazing command of the civilization game. My favorite part of fighting you was raising your cities to the ground. Just... Yeah, that was that felt good, too. That felt really good on my part. I took a couple of his cities, which was really awesome. So therapeutic. Uh, let's let's talk about you, Vector Cat, and how you replaced uh, Nystagmus's. Who did, who did you play again? Uh, Persia. 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 How you replaced yeah. Nystagmus's Persia? Um, what position were you in when you joined the game, and where did you take the? Where did you take his empire? You, I think, because I think you took him in, in a different direction than what Nystagmus would have done. And let's see if Nystagmus approves of this. I think I did. I don't know if he's going to disapprove, but I don't know if I've got his endorsement either. I, you know, I joined, <laughs> I joined the game on the threshold of a dark age, and I joined the game at war with Zozo, which for me is just untenable. I can't, I can't be fighting my ally. That's just, that's just not okay. So, um, so it was it was kind of problematic because uh, the the decision between whether or not I went into a dark age or not was a great person, and that great person was a great general. Um, and when I was looking at what was going on on the map, I knew we all had to go after Sarge in some way, whether it was military, culture, religion, didn't matter. But a great general was going to be beneficial, so. I accepted the standard era, made peace with Zozo, backed off, and then redeployed. I made a lot of mistakes along move. the way. <laughs> your, but, your your capacity, I, I sorry, I, I have to interrupt. No, no, interrupt. go ahead. Your yeah. capacity to suddenly shift from a military power that I was like legitimately worried about to a religious power <laughs> that that I, I wasn't so much worried about, but I was just like, holy shit, did you just turn into a computer? Like, that's what I thought. <laughs> I did. Like, all of a sudden, there's like 10, 10 missionaries and seven. I'm like, what the? What? Uh, I was WTF. Look, you, you play all over. You play against the, all over that. You play against the computer long enough. You learn their moves. But Nystagmus set me up. That's enough. what it felt like. like That's I what had, it felt like. I had the infrastructure and Persia. Like you can put Persia in maybe C, D to B tier. Like depending on where you are as a player, Persia can swing from D to B. Right. 
but they have the flexibility. Like Georgia, yeah. Yeah, well, debatable. Georgia's like... But Georgia's S to F. S to F, right? Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, need a screen, I need a screen caption yeah. of that. Yeah. G- Georgia's S to F. So if I had been declared war on and I had the movement buff, I would have pushed. But because, because we had not taken that city-state and I was a little choked getting into your cities, then it made more advantageous sense to pull back and start to turn my cities into holy site projects, generate a lot of faith. The religion wasn't like optimized for spreading for a religious win, but it was workable and it was like really easy to retool the empire in order to do that. And that's, you know, it's not Persia specific and it's not Nystagmus or Vectorcat specific. You may find yourself at some point in a game where the win con you were considering is unattainable. That pivot point is achievable with a lot more sieves than you may consider it to be. You just have to dedicate yourself to it, right? Um, now, you you, you meant... You mentioned uh, in the game, Vector Cat, that uh, had Nystagmus conquered Venice, uh, it, it would have been a very different game. Absolutely, it really would have been. Like, yeah. How so? How, how so? I don't. And those that watched Venice was like a major city state that was between us. Um, how? 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 Like, what do you think would have been different there? There was a like a one tile mountain pass choke point and. That would have allowed for more troop movement because you didn't have to only skirt around that territory. If it was your territory, if the city-state territory was owned by me and Nystagmus, then the healing would have been faster. Movement could have been quicker. You could have upgraded in that territory and could have used that city-state to, like, you could have built walls in that city so we could have assaulted any units that came within that territory could have purchased things in that city to get to the front lines quicker. And I spent a lot of time deciding whether I wanted to invest time in taking that city or not. Once I decided that I wasn't going to take that city, that was fall back, make an alliance, pivot into straight culture or straight religion because domination is over because I saw Maori's military strength and in a multiplayer context i had no time to rival that so honestly yeah that choke point and that city state influenced the rest of my time playing that game that night i still lost but i was still on the map when the game ended (laughs) (laughs) you know interesting uh anecdotal story connected to that uh i had a similar experience uh with a city state only i decided to conquer it and what that led me to conclude was that now and forever um uh, well france has to die i'm sorry france (laughs) uh uh, i guess eleanor in general and, and that was so frustrating but you would have if you had conquered it it would have been yours uh, and obviously that would have been a choice for like 
previous administrations. We'll we'll put it that way. Well, so I, I don't let's, know. Let's get this, let's get the Stagmus's input in here. Well, how did you how did you feel Vector Cat played? Uh, what you left him? Well, so um, I I kind of like was in the chat. So if anyone remembers, I came into the chat, but I only came in about halfway through the game. And so I walked into the game and I noticed a bunch of my cities were missing. Uh, <laughs> As is sometimes the oh, case. Yeah, I raised those. I forgot. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh, with the battleships. Think, think of it as triage. Yeah, I, I had wondered what happened, right? So like I had a few cities like on the southern part of the continent and I noticed that, you know, the bunch of them were, were gone. And so I, you know, I, I had to have it explained to me like what the pivot was and, and so like, and, and to each their own, right? Like, I'm not going to criticize someone making a decision no longer to go into domination victory, mainly also because VectorCat's goal was different than mine. So by the time of the first game, and I know Sarge is going to hate the fact that this happened then, is I made the decision at the end of the game that I wasn't going to win, but... I was going to help Sarge win and not let Moy or Zoe <laughs> take any victory. And if I had to basically throw everything I had at Zoe to make that happen, I was going to do it. <laughs> and so famous last words. Yeah. I was going to help him win a culture victory. And basically my main goal was keep Zoe as busy as possible. Cause then he only had one opponent to worry about, um, as opposed to two that were raising his cities on both ends. Um, and so that was my main goal. I was like, I'm not going to win this. I I've already fallen far too far behind. Um, I, I saw the right on the wall, like by the time I declared and I didn't even want to declare war. And so when that happened, I was like, well, I guess this is what I'm doing now for the rest <laughs> of the game, which is, you know, um, helping my military ally. Apparently that <laughs> so, happened twice. Uh, that happened twice that I didn't declare war on you. I declared war on someone else and it triggered that I declared war. I didn't want war with you. I just wanted to kill France. What's wrong? What? What? Are you people crazy? I don't understand what's going on here. Welcome to World War Civ. I just wanted to kill Eleanor. That's the equivalent of saying, hey man, I didn't want to burn down your house. I just wanted to burn your neighbor's house down. <laughs> you're just you're just in the aftermath. I could I couldn't I couldn't help it. Just went everywhere. One one day, Nystagmus, you will know the pain. Of Eleanor, like instantly yes. flipping oh. one of your cities, and the you will know the rage, the rage of Van Bradley. Okay, you'll know it, and and when you know that rage, like it's hard to let go. You know, I don't, I don't get high on Ragium. I, I, <laughs> I keep it, I Ragium, <laughs> really? Ragium. I try to keep it cool, man. The, the, you know, you know what the main problem with Ragium is. It's a suppository and it's terrible, you know, but anyways, go on. What? Well, no, so yeah, so, you know, I I was actually very interested mainly because um, I felt kind of bad that VectorCat was kind of just taking over an empire, like when someone had already pushed it in one direction, right? And so, you know, credit where credit is due to, to completely pivot and move towards something I wasn't even caring about the entire time. I was not caring about my religion. I got a religion. I just got the abilities that were available to me that I thought would be helpful. Didn't ex didn't it didn't attend uh, intend to even spread my religion outside my borders. And he like pivoted and like, like you said, like I saw like, in the VOD, I watched part of the VODs. He spammed like so it was. Many it was like the coming storm, Moy. I don't know if you, you felt, saw this too. It's just like there's a couple drops, 
and a couple more drops, and then suddenly, ah! Like, what the hell? Where did these all come from? And like, obviously, that was his tactic. I only had so many guys that could execute his his missionaries every turn. Oh man! Well done, Vector Cat. Well done. Like I I did not see that rain coming at all. So yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not surprised that. You know, Vector Cat was able to pull a victory out, being because I didn't put him in exactly the greatest position to do so from any victory standpoint. But uh, um, I'm very impressed that he like completely like whatever I was doing, just threw that out the window and pivoted to like something that you know Vector Cat wanted to do, which is great. I was Love I was close, it. but I didn't clench it. But also, that's credit to you for setting up some kind of baseline empire that anybody could work with, right? Like there was, and this is also a really good um, <laughs> analysis of Persia's strengths and their flexibility. You know, like there there came a pivot point, and I was able to take advantage of it. When you when you're working with a time constraint, you try to clinch it quickly. And I wasn't able to do that because I'm not good at multiplayer. But yeah, it's uh, I, I appreciate that you set me up with something viable. And I appreciate that you liked how I tried to continue it on. Sadly, we got sauced, but uh, we lived to fight another day. Oh, well, let's you, take... you did. Hold on, Moy, before okay, we take a sorry, break. Sorry, sorry. I, I we have to acknowledge that was pretty impressive. He like he took over. He, he you know he might have watched the game last week, but he had not played. He didn't see what was going on, uh, and and he became a real major annoyance. And I think if you could take any of Nystagmus's sieve and turn them into a real major annoyance, like <laughs> yeah, he played well. It was it was it was religion wasn't even a thing, and like everybody was like whatever. We're not like no one's doing religion. Nobody worried about it. And then suddenly it was like oh crap we have vector cat in here and religion was everywhere i think i'm the one who first got the religion and i wasn't even trying for it either and i was like so it, like, i think at one point in the first game i was like so is nobody gonna get <laughs> like, what's going on here because it was like it was like turn 60 and no one had i one by was time. legit I was, like, <laughs> I was legit fearful of screw you guys i'm going home uh just suddenly like because it was he was doing it like it seemed like he had worked out a deal with France, which is just like France, uh, to spread the faith there. And then, like, he was contesting Moy, and the way he was doing it, he was like, he was egging Moy on, go ahead, declare war. And, oh, no, no, don't worry. No, no, no. And, like, as you do in a, in a religious game, you know, yeah, I'm not going to oh, do I it. And then, of course, oh, shoot. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 right click, not left click. Oh, oh oops. <laughs> and and he, he played that very well. He spread, screw you guys, I'm going home. He did a very good job, Nystagmus. You... You definitely should be proud because we almost did. We almost went home. And I got to give props to Sarge because he was the one. Because I did. I, uh, uh, I watched the uh, the VOD this week. It was him that said, hey, I'm seeing a lot of yellow on this map, guys. Um, uh, I don't know if anybody else is paying attention to this. But it's uh, a lot of uh, screw you guys. And that's when the two of you were like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh right! Yeah. Oh, What's vector cats here? in this game. Religion <laughs> is on the menu. Like we need. And if it hadn't been for Sarge spoiling me, like I might have snuck it in. 
But, and that's like, that's not a gripe. That's just a good move, Sarge, for pointing that out. Because he, cause he noticed it. Vector Cat, Vector Cat, you're becoming the Newman of the Civ show. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to be Vector Cat! Uh, Newman, Vector Cat! Oh, oh man. All right, let's take a break because we have a lot more to talk about. We have oh, the yeah, whole break. Babylon <laughs> expansion to talk about when we come back from this break. So don't go anywhere because we will be right back. back wow it's crazy welcome back to the civ show podcast where we suck so you don't have to there's been a little bit of an announcement today from the civilization community and it is oh no No. oh Oh, shoot do i have my days backwards oh you got them all backwards it was announced like a couple weeks ago on some random guy's stream but it all it all turned out to be true i know I know. I uh, just give up, Moy. Like, what are we? What are we reporting anymore? What do they need to know? I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I feel like this has already been covered. Really, it's already been covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't need to know about Babylon. They know all about it. They know about Hammurabi, Moy. They know all about the new mode. It was all leaked, Moy, by your video, Moy. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have here in my notes the Civ show was right about Heroes and Legends. It seems to seems to yeah. be here. Yeah. <laughs> so who specifically was right? <laughs> I think everybody. Like everybody. It's like it's going to be specific people, and you're going to go around the map and find like like everybody was kind of like had a portion in it. A so little bit. Right. A little bit right. Hercules I don't know, Moy. I was think, specifically I think, called. Out. I think Moy Moy was a little more right. A little like was I? I actually don't know. Uh, I have nothing to I, brag about because I, I don't know. <laughs> The only mechanic we didn't get right was the fact that they can be revived later. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wait, wait, wait! Not, now that I think about it, uh, the Eureka thing. I don't know. Did I? Could I call that? I'm gonna call. That. I think you did, and I tried because I'm like, I'm like, but we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll okay. get to that. Okay, go ahead, so, boy. <clears throat> Here, we'll, we'll get to it right now, actually. So the first ability of, and the most talked about ability, because we're just going to go straight into it, is Babylon's civilization ability, which is called <clears throat> Inuma Anu Enlil. And oh. that is the, did I, did I get it right? Uh, hold I on. Uh, critics. Do, uh, Anuma Anu Enlil. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I'm hearing, Moy, that you may be a putz and don't know how to, what? Okay, no, you're doing good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to file it under close enough. Okay, good. Will Jeopardy give me the money if I pronounce it right that way? Uh, I'm hearing a, a call for a uh, instant review on the field here. Uh, oh, we're we're going to need to do a slow-mo on. replay on that. <laughs> oh no that's uh, that's how i that's how i moved beforehand yep that is uh <laughs> that is ruled uh good and that is uh that is legal right. for a civ show first down <laughs> all right thank you thank yeah. you all right first, first down. down baby we're going <laughs> uh back to cat thank you for uh, making sure that these things get called out because they gotta be get called out <laughs> let's move the chains let's move the chains so all right so i think one of the most interesting things about this new announcement with Babylon, uh, I really like that finally 
the water mill has been recognized. Whoa, whoa, let's not even go there yet. We're not even there. Dude, you're yeah, like we 20 steps that, ahead man. of me right now. Can uh, you like uh, relax? Oh, uh, wait, wait. My God. It's, like, it's, almost, it's almost like, like Moy was like, hey man, let's talk about Babylon. You know what's really awesome about Grand Columbia? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, we're losing oh, some. No. Oh, God. Oh, oh, no. Jeez, uh, guys. Uh, uh, we're, lo- we're losing you. Uh, oh, so, so what, what's happening? Oh, oh we actually lost him? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the universe just grants you something. Okay, that was good. Well, well hey guys, uh, Zoe, Zoe, Zoe here from uh, about ten minutes ago. Uh, so, guys, we're about to talk about the new announcement. Uh, I didn't announce anything because I'm not from the future. So go ahead, Moy. So the civility, Enuma, Anu, Alil, it is that Eureka's instantly unlock their respective technology. But as a as as a balance, the entire empire has minus 50 percent science per turn. And this is the most talked about ability in Babylon right now. Yeah. I really don't know how that will play out, to be honest. When are we allowed to comment on that one? Uh, hold on. Uh, one eleven oh five. Now, yeah, now. Who wants to go first? I have, I, I have thoughts. Uh, can I, can I start? I wish you would. If I, if I, if I start, I'll get to finish, but you guys will get in between there. Um, so here. <laughs> Top 10 things said on prom night. Go as long ahead. as I'm done before you are, that's all that matters. <laughs> Other top 10 things said on prom night. Okay. Okay. This is, a, this is an extreme ability. This is an extreme ability. And I like it. I really like it. And I actually think if you want to double down on science, go for it. Double, like, build your campuses and, and also do this. Or ignore campuses completely, except for the one that you might want to build great library and go all civics, go all culture. Okay. And know that you'll, you're going to meet all of these milestones and get your science. And I, that's like one of my favorite things about it. The fact that they get minus 50% science bonus, like entire in its entirety, I think is actually kind of inconsequential. Uh, but, Really? I really, well, uh, you'd fall behind in science. If you can stay up in other productions, you're okay. Um, And and I think that, uh, like, I like that they've tried to encourage Babylonian players to, like, build campuses. But I think a smart Babylonian player, one campus... Maybe go for the uh, well, the you want great library people points though. Yeah, but I think I don't know. I I see. Sorry, sorry. Let let me finish and then I'll pass it on. Uh, I think because you don't have to worry about science if you just get your dings, get your uh, your science dings, your eureka's. Um, you could kind of just ignore science completely, and then a hundred percent go into any of the other victory conditions knowing full well that if you play it right, you can navigate the tree and get all the sciences that you need. And for that reason, I love this new sieve. Uh, sure, you could go all science and try to do everything at once. Fantastic. I love anybody, any sieve that can like com- completely pursue a different strategy 
and still keep their own in one of the other categories. Mm. Ethiopia, good example. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The the main like thing I was looking at, the difference here is that the way that the sieve is structured is that one, one, one first comments was that the AI is gonna be crap at this. Right. Like the AI is going to be so garbage at, at like planning this out. Um, but the other one is that, it, you know, it's a very powerful civilization and that's in the sense of how easy you can get those sciences. But it's not like Grand Columbia where you just kind of like barrel through the game. You have to know where all the Eurekas are and like plan out how to get them. And if you don't do that, then you don't even get the strongest part of your civilization. So I want to comment on the theory of the AI is going to be bad with it. Do you think that personally? I'm not I'm not convinced of that until I actually see it to be honest cuz the AI does get like they they do get like bonuses and stuff so the AI is like generally worse than human players regardless of it right the reason why you know playing on the highest difficulty is so hard is that they get so many cheats and bonuses right okay. you just got to catch up to the computer and so I don't think that they'll be uniquely bad at Babylon right um, because a lot of civs have like weird wonky ways of doing things right Babylon's not like the you know, the exception to that rule. And so um, I don't think they'll be particularly bad. So no, I don't agree. But I did see that comment. Like a lot of those comments were like kind of spammed on like the, on the YouTube so, um, video. So Ed Beach, Ed Beach, if you don't know who he is, is the lead designer for Civilization 6. Yeah, he thinks they're he put out a tweet. fine. He put out a tweet saying, no, the Civ AI is very good with Babylon and it's probably the hardest bot, you'll, you'll have the hardest AI that you will have on 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 deity so uh apparently it knows how to play uh it knows how to play babylon very well they'll get ahead very quickly and it's deceiving because you can look at the science score think oh i'm doing just fine and then suddenly he has musket mid on turn 50 you're like what the hell the only <laughs> way go no go ahead well the only way that it would possibly know that is if they had secretly been planning underneath an airport for several years. And no, there's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> that was what you interrupted Vector Cat with. Are you kidding me? I wasn't going to interrupt him. I was going to offer a, a wanky conspiracy theory oh, firsthand, geez. but then Vector Cat spoke up. He did not read the script. It clearly says Zozo says something witty and conspiratorial, and then Vector Cat says something inane. God, you're it, right. I'm so just, sorry. I forgot. God, I forgot that script it's, that it's, George Soros it's sent written. us. I'm so it's, sorry. It's written here, guys. Come yeah, on. It is. I Come supposed on. to. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, what, what were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? I was. I was gonna say when you think about it, like Civ Six Deity AI starts with certain boosts, right? They like they're programmed to start with certain boosts. If they're playing Babylon, those are no longer tech boosts. Those are just free techs. Then if they start on the coast, then they get sailing. So you can easily see how when you add the production and gold that deity AI gets, that can snowball much faster than Babylon would in a player's hand. Because my primary concern when you're playing Babylon is that you don't have the production in gold to keep up with the free boosts. Good point. Like, yeah. I really do think it's a precision sieve 
you have to thread the needle. You have to really pay attention to the way the developers are telling you to play this sieve. Like this is Molly on steroids. If you don't play Mansa Musa the way the devs want you to play him, you are dead in the water, right? And this is like that turned up to 11. Well, uh, a lot of what you're saying makes sense, but uh, also a lot of what you're saying makes me, I don't know, fill my mouth with venom and sting. Uh, <laughs> I don't care what the devs entire, like, like I'm going to, like, that's I, the beauty. I, I think that's a really good approximation of our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all right i guess if if i may if i can clarify i think what i'm saying is like there there are certain civilizations in the game where they are s or a tier if you buy into the way that civilization is supposed to be played if you're playing molly and you're settling off desert and you're not investing in trade then there are nothing civ they don't matter Right? Oh my God, vector, vector cat, vector cat, vector cat. You could settle off and then go expand to the desert. Yeah. Uh, continue though. I, I I enjoy this. But if you're but if you're expanding to then settle on desert, then you are still settling on desert. You're still buying into the way that Civ is meant to be played. Right. If okay. you if if you're playing Spain. And you don't find another continent and you don't trade and you don't build missions. That sieve becomes what even you, Zozo, like to call a nothing sieve. I, if, I've been, been, if, if I've been, been quoted, quoted, if I've been quoted saying that it's a nothing sieve, I'd like that like quoted and turned into a small video that pops up from time to time. A nothing We can sieve. make that happen. All right. All so if right. you honestly, man, a, a nothing. You sick. go, you go on so many tangents sometimes. You could have like actually yeah, used that phrase. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that it never happened. Never. Not saying. Here's the thing happen. with Babylon, though. Like, if you if you do that with Mali or Spain, you you don't necessarily gain any benefits. You don't. But you also don't suffer any penalties. Uh, it's With more Babylon. You got to buy into the way they're supposed to be played, like Maya. Otherwise, you suffer some severe penalties, and you get taken behind. Okay, so this is my challenge to that. Uh, I don't think so. If you tell me I need a, you know, I get a minus. 50% to science. That's what it is, right? Yes, My 50% correct. for science. Mm -hmm. um, I am very likely, like everything that the intro video to Babylon said, you should build, build campuses. You should build. You want these things. My instinct is that if you get into minus 50 to science, you don't do science at all. You're just like, I don't care about science. I'm not going to worry oh, about okay. it. I'm gonna oh. Eureka. I'm gonna. I, that's when I when I see Babylon. I see you don't have to worry about campuses. Don't build any campuses unless you want to have a great library. Great, you'll be just fine not building any campuses and just pull these off. Pull these things off. Make sure you get them. You gotta the, build the, two. 
hold on, hold on. Oh, you have to build. Sorry, what? You have to build two what campuses? There's there's a boost for building two. I don't. Okay, two universities. You're I you're, you're talking yeah. about boosts. So my perspective of this is I don't I don't care about boosts. Science. That's the whole thing with Babylon. What are you? What? <laughs> To me, like, so, okay, dude, you, I, you went one direction and now I'm, like, you've completely I'm saying, <laughs> When I look at Babylon, when I look at Babylon, for me, when I look at Babylon, I see don't build a single campus. Don't worry about it at all. You can build all you want for any other strategy. I, you're taking off your glasses, Moy. You're taking off your glasses. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, did, I thought I was. I didn't know if I heard you right. So you I didn't can, take off my glasses. You can. Yeah. You will get all of these techs. You'll get every tech as long as you hit. And if you know them, build a mine. Do this. Do this. Do this. Tech, 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 tech. You do not need to worry about campuses at all. Don't even bother. Do you know why they they said that you need to get the Great Library? Why? Because it boosts all ancient and classical era technologies. Okay. And you get boosts when other people recruit great scientists. Okay. Fan- yeah. Sam Fantas- is that isn't that what the so the Great Library doesn't already do that? This is a specific No, it does, set. but for Babylon it would mean it would be give you all of the technologies for free, and then you get a free technology when people get uh, uh, recruit a great scientist. All the ancient era technologies. You get a, other people recruit great scientists. Yeah. For Babylon, it's not a boost, it's just you look you know tag. this now i'm just saying yeah. and, and the sharksters out there know this all right the sharksters out there know this <laughs> if you if okay. you know there's if, more than if you one know, now? if you know the tech tree if you know the tech tree and you know how to build into it you can with babylon ignore building campuses completely just get those dings advance your science and maybe you can catch up if you need to but you'll get all of the, all of the things that you need without building a single campus and that's but what so, i think is cool i thought you said you didn't care about the boosts what happened did I, you pivot again i what is this i i care about the eureka boost that gets me a free science that's it that's what i was saying i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just saying that you then don't need you i'm saying you I'm don't gone. need to build a single <laughs> campus with this civilization all right. I'm, that's All right, what okay. I'm saying. That, sure, sure. Okay. That's what so, I'm saying. How about this? You're, how about this? You're so, so wrong. So, so, so this, right? Build, build so two campuses. If, built. if you are. Hold on. Hold on. Well, let's, let's say one at a time. Destroy me one at a time. Nystagmus. The, the, the way I see Nystagmus. it, it's like two different ways, right? I kind of see where Zoe is trying to go with this, but it's kind of really dependent. So one, if you don't get the great library, if you don't get that wonder, then you need campuses because you need those great person points. You need the great scientists because you get a free tech every single time you get one, right? Like any, any great scientist, if you don't have the great library, any great scientist recruited by someone else is a lost opportunity for you, right? So that's number one. So that wonder should be top, tippity top of your list of getting because it, it, it goes for the entire game, right? I have a challenge now, for that. What challenge do you have? The devs said it in their own no, video. No, no, no. Let him let, let, him, let, let, let him finish. finish. Let, let him finish. finish. Let him finish. So that's the one number that's the number one fork in the road, right? If you get the great library, then yes, I can see that you don't need to focus on campus building as often as someone else and like say um, like another scientist like Korea, right? Korea can't neglect their special kind of campus, right? So if you get the great library, you no longer care if you're the one who's recruiting the great scientists because you get the boosts for all the people who get that, right? But if you don't get the great library, you need to now say, 
I need to be the one who recruits the majority of the great scientists in this game. Zoe, response. Right. Okay, so first of all, I would generally say build one campus to get the great library. Whatever you gotta do, get the great library. That's a good strategy, okay? Uh, for, for this civilization, that's a good strategy. But the end result is that you don't really need science to get your your your, uh, your sciences. All of your sciences are connected to Eureka. What you really need to do is plan for that Eureka. You can then go all civic, all production, all whatever. Ignore science entirely. Don't build campuses besides, sure, get the great library. If you can get the great library, that's a good move, all right? Otherwise, they can put all of their resources into into encampments into production into harbors and then on top of that maybe they go all faith or all gold lots of gold lots of faith you know what i hear you can buy with gold and faith you know what i hear you can buy great scientists. bullshit vector cat you can buy great scientists <laughs> anything oh vector cat you have nothing i thought you had something to say He's no, got I was something just to say. Responding to uh, what you can buy with gold. I'm just, and is this I, is this so I, is this so offensive? Is this so? No, no, no. It's it's not so offensive. It's just the whole uh, the whole sieve is based around boosts. Eureka! And you're and you are eschewing building any campuses at all. And the thing is, you get. You get a bonus for building two of them. You get a bonus for earning a great scientist. You get a bonus for building a university next to a mountain. Okay, like, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying that when you have a minus 50% to all science in general, you can just say, you know what? I'm not going to earn science through campuses. And I think if you hadn't said don't build campuses, the last 10 minutes of this episode would exist. Okay, so we will replay this later. I believe I opened with specifically the cool thing about Babylon is that you don't need to build campuses. I'm pretty sure that's what I opened with. I don't care about the boosts. I said, I said, I said, if you want to build the great library, okay, go for it. I'm just saying. The Eurekas, the Eurekas is how they get their sciences for free. You got to build a campus to build the great library. Okay. The new so, meme is going right, to be, you should have built a campus. Right. Uh, I have a question. Please. I have a question. I have a question. So, and, sure. and, and, and maybe I've misunderstood. So I was under the impression that how Babylon works is that if you get the Eureka, instead of getting a little bonus to science, if you get the Eureka, you get it. You get the science. Yes, correct. Okay. That is correct. So I was, I yes. was under the impression that if I have a slinger and I kill a guy, I get archery. That was what I was under the impression of. Correct. Okay. Well, then here's, uh, then now here's our miscommunication. So why can I not just focus on getting those dings to get my science and not worry about campuses at all? Be- Vector because Cat. you got to build at least two. Why? If you want to go. Because that's a Eureka. Build two campuses. That's a Eureka. Okay, okay. Hold on though. Hold on. So just so I understand this. I'm I'm clearly the one that's not getting this. Okay. I kill a unit with my slingman. I get a Eureka. And I get archery with, with this yes. civilization. Correct. Okay. I'm not talking at all about the Great Library. I'm saying just getting the Eurekas 
I don't care about Great Library or anything we're it not, does. We're not talking about that right now. No, well, no, no. Well, I'm talking about specifically getting sciences through Eurekas. Right. And, okay. and building yes. two campuses gets you a Eureka. And having two campuses makes it more likely that you get the building a university next to a mountain Eureka. Oh, uh, all right. All right. That so this is weird. This is interesting because I feel like I'm suggesting that the cool thing about Babylon is that they don't have to worry about accumulating science at all. And I feel like you collectively and like you're projecting onto me that I don't get it, that they have to accumulate science and they have to build campuses uh, okay, so for printing, for printing, the Eureka for printing is to build two universities. How do you achieve that without building a campus? Okay, a Eureka is I kill a unit with a slingman. I get a so Eureka. for printing, for printing, the Eureka yes. is build two universities. Oh, so I don't. Okay, so I. Okay, so by that time, sure. We did it. We did it. Oh, my God. But that's it. not. Jeez. But this is fundamentally. OK, so I feel like I feel that's I, I feel like I was hold on, saying hold on. about I feel why like, you I feel two like campuses. I feel like you guys threw this big. That's not what I was talking about. I wasn't talking about this one specific technology. I was saying in general, in general. OK, in general, broadly speaking, each of the sciences, they have a eureka moment. All you have to do is focus on making those eureka moments. Yeah, that's one science okay. you brought up. All right. Broad when this is done, hold on, hold on. When this is done, hold on. When this is done, when this is done, I want you guys to explain to me, because right now you're the ones that's sounding like you don't get it. So I, I do want, after the fact, you guys to explain this to me, why I don't get sure. it. Sure. Let's, okay. let's move I, on from this well, topic. We're going to move on. We need to move on. We need to move on. Real quick. Drop. It's done. No, no. Drop. Let's go. Let's go on. No. You real quick. Take your 10 seconds. You you asked, 10 seconds. Go. 10 seconds. Van Bradley speaking. All I suggested was you build two campuses and all of the things that Moy has said only require two campuses. I and I said, don't build any campuses. And that's it. So the other abilities that Babylon has, <laughs> they have the Hammurabi has the leader bonus. It is called the Ninulum Serum. Upon building each type of specialty district, except the government plaza, for the first time, you instantly receive the building with the lowest production cost that can be built in that district. Upon building any other district for the first time, receive a free envoy. I want to clarify what that means. Basically, if you build a district that doesn't have any production afterwards, example, aqueduct, dam, canal, neighborhood, spaceport, any of those, if they doesn't have a first building, you get an envoy. That's what that means when you build it for the first time. How do we feel about this, guys? Is this, is this, you know, is this a good ability? It's good. It's like, okay. I, I wish it was the first time you build a certain type of district in each city because the way the the ability is written, it has a finite expiration date. Like the first time you build a district, there yes. are X number of specialty districts in the game, right? So once you build a barracks or once you build an encampment, you get a free barracks and that's it, right? Um, it would wait, be more. Wait, 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 wait. 
pause. Sorry. You brought up a good point. The first building for an encampment is either a barracks or a stable. Which one do you get? It would be the you barracks because it costs less, right? You the get one a barracks, lower, big lower production. Wow, you don't even you get a choice. barracks. That's incredible. Yeah, wow. you get a barracks okay. because it's lower production cost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice if it was the first district that you build in each city, but instead it's just the first district type you build. So it has a built-in expiration date. And when it comes to civ abilities, like if it's got a built-in like lifetime expectancy, that immediately weakens that civ ability, in my opinion. True. Okay. In contrast, though, the civ ability, the Eureka thing, is is the whole game, right? It. I mean, uh, you can. You, ish. Well, okay, but. If you're not, if you haven't won by the time somebody wins a space victory, is close to a space victory, that's your fault. You should, as Babylon, I feel like you should win before somebody gets a space victory. But we all agree that Babylon is not a science victory condition civ, correct? Uh, I I don't agree with that. I think they're a anything except Diplo. I think anyone can go Diplo yeah, if they really like- want to. Like there's still the science victory condition for them is still very much in play because the only thing that you need science for is to get to being able to build the rockets to go into space. Yeah. And it's a production game. Yeah, but getting right? those yeah. getting those technologies later the late game, that's hard as uh Babylon. I guess I guess if you build Munson Scott, you get plus fifty percent science empire wide. It just kind of negates it and then you're suddenly just okay. Not really. Like getting satellites, you just have to boost through a great scientist. Which right? they're not going to get. I, well, they can spy. They can spy or, and steal tech. They can spy and steal tech. spy. But then someone yeah. else has to have it by then. It's so it's so interesting how different a view we have on of this sieve uh, collectively. Like I see them as a sieve that essentially the ancient and classical era, they can ignore a lot of things and just build up for like later eras like they don't have to worry about science you know they 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 can they can they can get their science elsewise um you know build up like they're gonna get the, get their all their era scores building up to the modern era and then uh and then they if they've built their empire right that 50 percent penalty to science isn't gonna matter Right. Like like I, I it's just science is such an important part of like the first few eras that to have a sieve that can basically say, I don't have to worry about that. I'm going to focus on everything. But or if they want, they can say, well, yeah, we'll, we'll focus on science and do that really, really well. Uh, I don't know. This seems like a sieve okay. that that like could really advance in the later eras by not caring about science in the earlier like but it requires that they know this and about medieval maybe renaissance then they're starting to maybe actually renaissance into uh the industrial age now we're starting to care and build campuses and and do these things okay i'm I'm wrong though but go on (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to the unique unit this is um it's called the sabum kibitum Kibitum? Sabum Kibitum. It is a unique melee unit. Let's make that clear. I'm going to say that one more time. Unique melee unit, not anti-cavalry, not rain, like melee, okay? So it's the same class as a warrior. It has plus 10 strength additional when fighting anti-cavalry, so spearmen, and it has plus 17 strength when fighting 
heavy or light cavalry. It also has three movement and three sight and 17 strength, so it is weaker than a regular warrior. It's quite clear. It's quite clear that there is an established conspiracy against horses going on here. <laughs> I'm glad that there's more anti-cavalry. That's I am not, so, not even anti-cavalry. This is I, a warrior. This is a melee unit. This is what makes this so good. There's too much cavalry in Civ. Any time that you can kill cavalry is a good move, on my in my opinion. So a lot of people brushed off this this unit as nothing. They're like, this is not a good unit. It's terrible. Would you say that at first glance? So I'm gonna 17 combat strength. The warrior has 20. Okay, so it's three. If you have a great general, that's plus four, and suddenly you have one more than the warrior. Or if you get your your upgrade tree as well, it's the same as a warrior. Plus seven against land units. Another plus seven against land units. Stuff like that. Again, that depends um, on whether or not it's actually following that tree or not. It is because it is a melee unit. It would follow that tree. So it depends, right? Um, I don't think it's a horrible unit, to be honest. Like one clear advantage that units like this give is you don't need to really worry about your army composition all of a sudden early in the game, right? Like this is kind of like a unit that's good against all the other units it can possibly face, except maybe another melee unit. Mm -hmm. But again, you can even it out with a greater numbers and b a great general ranged um <laughs> right yeah and so um it's one of those things where it's like oh i don't have to worry about getting horses i don't have to worry about um um you know doing these other things to kind of create an army composition it's one of those things whenever you're able to just spam a unit and it doesn't like hurt you that's a win usually yeah right like a generally super good unit yeah and like they and they and they get it so early. Yeah. So it's not like overpowering, but like if like, you know, because when I first started playing this game, you know, and, you know, obviously I'm not the greatest still, but I, when I was even worse than I am now, <laughs> I used to spam melee units a lot. And that just got me crushed, especially when I played you when you're playing the Mongol Empire. For some reason, I was dumb enough to like just make swordsmen and that just got me crushed. And so worrying about your army composition is like really important, right? And and whenever you get a unit that allows you to at least somewhat ignore that, makes the game easier okay to be honest that's the, that's my viewpoint at least for people who are new to the game and stuff if it's something that's like oh this unit's good against cavalry and anti-cavalry and it's like not too bad against melee then it makes it easier Moy, do we know when do they get it ancient era that's all it says that's and it, eh? it doesn't replace anything per se it's a completely unique unit so i don't know when they get it i have no idea it mm. doesn't not until they get released will we know like I'd hope that it's attached to one of the Eurekas that's maybe a little bit more complicated. Probably bronze working, I would imagine. Uh, we also, when it comes to the game itself, we're not talking about how like Babylon can possibly like crush dramatic ages, right? Like if you just go around getting Eurekas all the time and you can just like meet your golden ages like so easily all the time just based on that so like the different game modes can definitely make it super easy too so vector cat what do you what do you want dude <laughs> no i'm just saying i said that earlier this afternoon i'm so glad that my friend and confidant agrees with me like <laughs> it's gonna be wild you you play babylon on dramatic ages it's going to be nuts like people think that playing byzantium with dramatic ages was crazy this is going to be just as much fun but luckily 
this is a faith tourism or science version of the domination gameplay from there, Byzantium. Bull claim, bull claim. And, and then there will always be modes that favor civs, right? I think we all remember my Teddy with the <laughs> with secret society. That societies. was so good. And <laughs> Russia in apocalypse mode. Yeah. Russia with yeah. apocalypse mode. And just to mode. respond to uh to Sarge in chat, one, he mentioned that he thinks that Diplo victory is possible for the Civ because you get so many envoys just by building death tricks, right? Mm-hmm. So you like, get five extra, cool. I think though max right but still still, still extra, early still game extra, yeah. if you're able to to get a suzerain and hold on to it that's all that matters um the second part i'm going to just respond to him and say ai doesn't build calvary well sorry we play multiplayer and multiplayer people play build calvary all the time yeah, it's like the most, <laughs> most built unit man everybody builds cavalry <laughs> my take on this unit is that it's kind of like a jack of all trades so you have the scout even better than a scout actually because it has three sight right so it has three movement just like a scout but it also has three sight and then also it's anti-cavalry because it's better against cavalry but it's also an anti-anti-cavalry as a melee unit so the only thing it's weak against the anti-anti-cavalry yeah tm um (laughs) the only thing it's weak against is another warrior or I guess Swordman when they get to Swordman. But you can easily offset that with just a couple of ranged units. So you, yeah, like you said to Sam, you can spam these things and just have a few ranged and you're good. Like you don't, you have all your and bases covered. And also warriors don't really put up much of a fight to it because they're faster and they can see farther. Yeah, they can see, right, they so can that, see their that, death coming from long, further away. Oh no, like, <laughs> you know, army positioning matters too, I, right? You can suck people into like certain traps and stuff right you can get those uh those flanking bonuses as well it's a versatile enough unit that i feel that one it really helps you with that early game right it's another one of those things where like don't take on babylon in the early game because they're going to probably out tech you pretty quickly because they could just get those eurekas Mm -hmm. and also you may be inadvertently helping them get those eurekas by attacking them and they kill one of your units or something like that Right, you're just giving them like more opportunities to do so, and they can just out tech you without even building anything. So it's gonna be a very. It's a. I think whenever I saw the whole thing, the dynamic of Babylon itself is very interesting in the sense that it doesn't seem to follow like the same. Like it's a science civ by another means, basically. But like right? like Nystagmus, if I may engage you for a moment, like when I when I listen to their ability, to me it sounds like what the Civ developers have done is they've taken the idea of the code of law and they've, I think, infused it with the idea of the diffusion of information. You know, uh, if somebody else discovers it, well, we'll discover it too, is sort of um, what I get from that. Like, like, and I, and I think that's really a, a clever, a clever approach, you know, like, when we first started writing things down, that's when we would we could really start exchanging ideas. And the idea of a Babylon that, you know, they wrote the first legal code, which spawned us exchanging the idea of the legal code, which led to, you know, everything we have now that just I don't know. I like it. I, I like I think it's very fitting with uh with the theme of babylon like anyways 
It's good lore. It has a good lore. Should, yeah, you, some you good lore. I, I, when, I, when I saw it, the, I thought it was first like, they we're going to learn things by doing, not with book learning. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how they're going to do it. Like, <laughs> it's written in stone. <laughs> it's written in stone. <laughs> Even if you're going to do it wrong, you're going to do it right. <laughs> the last thing about Babylon, though, finally. Finally. Is a unique water mill called the Palgum or Palgum. It's, it's also a time machine. It lets you tell about it ahead of time because that's how amazing it is wow yeah mm. you're 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 absolutely right uh Some 88 sort of laps tub. an hour <laughs> so it gives you plus two production rather than the plus one production of the regular water mill it also additionally gives you plus one housing whereas the regular water mill does not and the good kicker about this is that it gives you plus one food to all adjacent tiles next to a fresh water source i know i kind of said the same thing twice but whatever uh all tiles adjacent to a source of fresh water plus one food this so it's, it's uh, go still ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's still city center or is it does it have to be built it's like built in the city, city center yeah city center by a river this, the city center has to yeah. be beside a river yes ah uh, uh, so like when i build this it counts as being part of the city center it's a district yep. that i don't need to build nope. doesn't like talk about a versatile building that's amazing love it is this the this is the first unique city center improvement does anyone have a, a unique monument no right uh other than the void singers. void singers yeah <laughs> and then and then no one has a unique granary either right this is the, the first what, what does, city center yeah the bath the no, bath counts as like as an, an aqueduct. aqueduct yeah that's yeah. an aqueduct yeah uh, there there must be hmm. one there must be one i don't I, think so i'm trying to I'm what like, about I, egypt in civ sphinx four Oh, no, no, what the hell, dude? <laughs> the Sphinx is a tile here. improvement. Tile, that's yeah, a tile it is. It is. Yeah, I, I, I first... think it is. I that's think a big deal. One. That's yeah. a big deal. That's every city that's on a river, though. That's the Potentially, yeah. I river. think that's why they chose the water mill, because it ha it, you still can't build it in every city. But yeah. you, you potentially can if you settle your cities next to rivers. It's one of those city center buildings that you should always build if you're on a river. Uh, it's totally worth it, you know. Um, and wow, yeah, I like it, it. It suggests the versatility, I think, of the Babylonians. Like build lots of cities, and and here you go. Most of them are going to be high instead of low. They uh, chat. Did you guys see chat mentioning the other ones? Uh, Georgia and oh, um, yeah, Georgia's Tamar. Walls. Yeah, Georgia is Tamar. Um, yeah, oh, I, sorry, okay. My yeah, my, my bad. <laughs> I guess Renaissance walls. My bad. You're right. Okay, I take that back. And then, and then, and then, not to mention. Sorry, uh, not to mention that you know um, districts generally need to be built. City center stuff needs to be can be bought with gold. So assuming that that's the case, that means I can buy this with gold, which also means I could spend gold for that one era to get myself an era boost. That 
is relevant. But I, I definitely think this is a uh, actually a very, very good replacement. The plus one food to all adjacent tiles next to a fresh water mm-hmm. source. That could even be like a, a lake you have in the other side of your of your city. But like, hey, all those tiles get plus one food and all the tiles next to the river get plus one food. Like, this is insane. This is incredible. It depends on where you settle, though. Like this really does feel like a side grade to me instead of an upgrade. A side like grade? Side grade. Okay, you know yeah. you went sideways, it didn't go up. I got it. Okay. Yeah, like the, the... I like it. I like it. The, the regular water mill, if you've got a farmable resource in your city, it gets plus one food. It doesn't matter whether it's on a river or not. And okay. <laughs> I, I think this is interesting. Like when you're playing Babylon, you want to settle and you want to focus on how many tiles are next to freshwater. Whereas if you're playing any other sieve and you can just build a water mill, any farmable resource in that city gets plus one food, whether it's on freshwater or not. So it just depends on how you value food versus production. Okay, so I completely disagree. Here's why. You (laughs) settle next to a city... Let's say, average case scenario, there's at least two other tiles next to the river immediately when you settle, okay? Average case, two other tiles. So then you would get plus two food right there. How many times do you, on average, have either wheat or rice in your civilization? At max, two? No, sorry, two... Uh, at max three. I've, I don't think I've ever seen more than three. Uh, there are way more cases where this watermill will provide you more food because there are one, two sides of the river that this benefits on, right? All both sides. So that's a lot of tiles that you can get. Plus the additional plus one production, plus the plus one housing. That's huge. That plus one housing gives you that seven housing because all you need is one additional. Or sorry, it gives you four. It can give you actually no. You have five to begin with if you settle next to a river, I think, or six, like total the five, right? Base value, yeah, yeah five. So you get six. You get six, and you build two farms. That's seven. That's three districts. You got in that. City. That's all assuming that you're not triangulating your farms. And you don't, need far- you don't even need farms with these guys. No, that's, no, that's the, you always like, do. Once it, once you get to feudalism, if you're running farm triangles properly, splitting them between your cities, then you're going to be better off with a regular water mill than you are with this improvement. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's crap. I'm just like outlining that sometimes the the industrial benefits a civilization gets are balanced against their unique abilities. I think you're you're calling in the U-boat defense, and I agree. Uh, this is the U-boat of this civilization, uh, no, in my opinion. I, uh, okay, maybe, maybe. I but, think it's a it's a fantastic civilization. Everything can't be amazing. A watermill is cool. A watermill is because it's not a district. It's not eating up any squares, but. You still have to be on a river. That's not always guaranteed. All true, right. So that, that means that, that not every city, city can have this. Okay. Um, 
And when you are, are on a river, it is something you're, you're, you'll probably build. Doesn't matter, Factor Cat, doesn't matter what you say. If I had a choice between a water mill and this water mill, I'll choose this water mill. Because it, 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 it gives me extra powers. Um, and Watermill is one of those things you always buy for gold. Why not? Oh, Watermill? All right. I don't know. Maybe a couple people built a Watermill. Um, it is, though, specific. Got to be on a river. If I'm not on a river, if I don't have a lot of cities on a river, who cares? Now, it's the U-boat. there could be like some situations where this thing becomes like super powered, which is like if you settle near a river and then there are lakes nearby. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh, Pl- yeah. Plot- plotters yeah. do that sometimes. You know, lots of like there's sieves that when they improve a sieve terrain, sorry, a, a map terrain uh, piece, it does something insane uh, if the right conditions are met. Sure. That'll this is a more case. likely scenario, though. Yeah. This all, is right. More all right. Scenario. All right. Fair so enough. Sure. Let's, let's think about rivers. Return on rivers the- are pretty common. <laughs> let's think about even just the re- the production cost of return on investment. A water mill costs 80 production. It produces one production per turn, a regular water mill. It takes 80 turns for it to pay for itself in just production, where this is half. It gets 40. That already, right, is pretty good. Po- Potato then, McWhiskey would like that stat. Yeah, right. Then... If you want to think about if what if this said instead plus six food instead of the whole thing, it just said plus six food plus two production plus one housing. What are your thoughts on that? From one hex? No, well, yeah, just from building it, you get plus six food. Like, let's just oh. say that was the case. Well, so Moy's point is that when you build a city near a river, you're almost certainly going to have at least like six tiles that are next to the river. Yes, and I know there's, there's counter arguments to this, but like, I just want to hear your thought of if this said. If, the, if this was worded like that instead, would it be the still the U-boat of this sieve? If it was worded like that, then it wouldn't be sieve dependent. Like if it was a built-in, honest to God, like minimum plus six food, then okay, great. Can I have half of a vampire castle in my capital? Don't mind if I do. Sure, I would like plus six food. Absolutely. But... If it's if it's completely tile dependent and you cannot guarantee that you're going to get it, then it's just OK. Uh, and I think uh, somewhat uh, echoing that, that, that because of that tile specific, like it has to be on a river. Not every city is on a river. That means that this sieve is going to have cities that are not on rivers. They're not gaining uh, this benefit. And in a great situation, sure, you'll get your six tiles. Most situations, I don't know, a river, what, two, two or three tiles? No, two tiles is one. Like, if you have one river, like one tile oh, river, right. that's two. Are you, two but, are you then, but then are you building your civilization around this one improvement or would you rather build your civilization around cities? Like if it had to well, be. So rivers are good regardless. Yeah, I know. So rivers, the other oh, thing. Oh, oh, uh, before, you, before you cut in, Ren. Um, if I have a river and I get six of them and get that's great, or I could build two cities, what would I choose? One city where I'm utilizing it in some amazing hexagon, or a couple cities where it's just okay and it's doing good for my cities, and that's up to you, right? The other thing you have to table is in the specific context of Babylon, is when can you build it? And you unlock it with wheel, which yeah. all you do have to do in the context of Babylon is mine a resource. That's oh, it. Good point. Right. Okay. And so you can probably get this very early. 
And because of that, you know, most cities, when you found them, right, you know, if again, it's about percentage wise, right? If it's a cheap thing that doesn't take up a district tile, and if you can build it with production or if you buy it with gold, it can potentially, like, you know, a lot of cities when you first found them, you know, they get like, you know, between three and five production, right? This could easily add 40 to 50% of production onto your early cities without taking up a district, right? And helps them grow faster without having to take up a trade route. Very good point. Right, like a domestic trade route. So it could have a lot of utility in Babylon's specific case because wheel is something that would be very easy to get through Eureka simply because you're going to mine a resource, right? There's no situation where you don't mine a resource, right? But you plan around you that still, too, But you yeah. still need... Oh, we lost them. <laughs> we lost them. And so, <laughs> so in the context of like Babylon specifically, then this is a lot more powerful, right? Because before you have to actually research real. There's a lot of situations where you don't spend science to research real right away, right? That you can wait a while before you get wheel. But for Babylon, you can just get text no matter what because you're just doing the Eurekas. Mm -hmm. And you're getting them automatically. And so as soon as you mine a resource, you're able to start building this special district or the special uh, building. And in the early game, you know, plus Purdue production doesn't seem like a lot. I know like how Moy said, going from 80 production to 40 production to pay for itself. But like getting in the sense of like what you can do afterwards, you know, boosting a city's production a lot in the early game can mean a lot of snowball effect later on, yeah, right? So um, in this context, it might be a lot more powerful than it lets on because we're trying to say like, oh, when would I get it if I was Rome or some other civilization? But in Babylon's case, you may be able to get it like almost immediately within the first 10 turns um, um, but, after you and, get the Eureka for... You know, and obviously like an ability like that suggests build on rivers, like own the rivers, every river yeah. that you can. The rivers of Babylon, Which, if you will. As as at the same show, we like to add in a little bit of history. That's what Babylon and the early Mesopotamian empires were all about, which were settling on the major rivers in Mesopotamia. The Euphrates River, the Tigris Rivers were very important to those civilizations. And so it's playing on that. And so, and just one thing uh, I want to add to the whole Babylon thing. I know we got to wrap up. I believe that. Babylon, the way it's set up is that you'll get all the early texts and you'll do it great. The later texts, though, will be a lot harder. And I think that's the point. I think there's supposed to be a sieve that accumulates the classical and the Renaissance texts very, very quickly. But then when you get later on, these are much more difficult to achieve. They've got to make sure they've got their empire uh, built up by then. And that's why I think they're really cool. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's wrap up this all the time we have for today. This was a good discussion and definitely a civilization that will be talked about a lot because mm. uh, this has sparked a lot of controversy. Vector Cat, thank you for being on the podcast, dude. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, you have thirty seconds to talk about whatever you want right now. You can you can advertise yourself to social medias. Do what you need. 30 seconds to talk about whatever I want to talk about. This is, a, this is a really weird time for me and a bunch of other people. And so I'm thankful for the three of you and anybody else that is watching this stream or watching it on VOD or listening to it on Spotify. Thank you all and thank our community at large for giving me a safe place to be happy at least two times a week. So that's what I'm going to do with my 30 seconds. Thank oh you, God. Molly.
Wow. Can we thank get? You. Can we go? <laughs> thank you. Wow. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna feel like a scumbag doing uh, this, but uh, if you haven't followed us on Twitter, <laughs> no, be sure to give uh, VectorCat a follow on Twitter. He also runs a Civ Six Challenge League on Reddit. That is what it's called, Civ Six Challenge League. So be sure to search that up on Reddit and be involved in his community as well. Side note: If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you definitely should because it's where you get all your civilization news and memes. You know how much you like memes, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Civ Show. You know, Moy, I love Twitter and its characters, uh, but if you want to get to know the real characters behind the Civ Show, you should join us on our Discord. Uh, pretty much is where we chat, is where we uh, wrestle and tussle, and we exchange ideas and all sorts of great, fantastic things. Check us out on our Discord, The Civ Show, the place to be. Yeah. We call it the Goody Hut. <laughs> <laughs> and you can check out some of our other content on our YouTube channel um, uh, for the Civ Show as well. I do the Better Know Leader series. I know I'm late on the next installment. There's been a lot of stuff going on uh, for me right now, so it'll just be a little bit more of a delay before the next one comes out. Uh, then uh, Raising Review uh, uh, from Zoe does uh, as well. He has one episode out right now. There check might be out. another one uh, soon, okay? Just shh. <laughs> shh. And uh, Moy does a lot of videos himself as well. And he's also been working very hard on our newest video, which is called Civ from Different Perspectives. Oh, I can't wait to is, see uh, this. It's oh. all three of us playing the same game from a different perspective to see how much I truly do suck compared to everyone else who plays it's this a game. Good, it's a good one. It's a good <laughs> series. I would uh, highly recommend wait, it's going to be a good one. Just wait till we get Vector Cat comments on. It'll be like the director's cut. When you order the DVD set, <laughs> maybe I think I think in the future. I know we haven't really, really even released episode one, but I think we should have guests. Oh, and then like that'd be oh, like another be series. Fun. It's yeah, it's it's be a cool. beautiful it's a beautiful series, a beautiful idea. It's a beautiful moy. Sometimes today, at so, least. so so number one, maybe absolutely yes, we do hashtag the vector cut. Number two. Maybe oh. a member of the community. <laughs> yeah, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, There's no it, challenge. Oh, it's done. Then, so vector so cuts. The vector cut, and then a random or like volunteer member of the community doing the fourth installment against y'all. Just an idea. Hmm. I think we need a new a new PR manager, and I think his name is VectorCat, <laughs> and he'll tell you all about this next new scheme on the next VectorCat today, presented by the Civ Show. Good night. First rule: no capes. <laughs> anyways guys uh stay tuned for the podcast as well we have some very special guests lined up we're not going to say who yet but uh just stay <gasps> tuned make sure you tell your friends about it as well because it's going to be a big deal we do have a really good guest coming on very very soon so stay tuned for that until then we'll see you guys on sunday for the next episode of the civ show so see you later guys video games live that's your clue